Um, tonight is our uh, New Year's service, and um, I really feel like tonight's important. I said on Sunday, uh, you want to make sure that you're here. And the reason you want to make sure that you're here is because uh, lots of times the point of a gathering and the point of what God is doing is He is imparting into your life. Um, it's kind of like this. When, when was the power of God released for Abraham to have a son? When he believed, that's when he received it. But when was the power released? When God spoke it. And so God's way, many, many times, is to speak into you. And he releases that power. He imparts a blessing. He imparts an anointing. And then that thing is given life to come up and produce inside of your life. All right? So many times it's very important. This is why I've talked about this before, and some of you can attest to different things. Look, one word, one message can change everything. You know, like Stephen was asking, has anybody ever had problems? I, I got them too. You know, everybody's got stuff that they're working on. Uh, it's a corrupted world. You have a corrupted flesh. Uh, we need to work on that kind of stuff. Um, we need some problems solved, right? But here's the issue. How do we get those problems solved? The answer is Jesus, but that means that we start doing things the way that Jesus wants us to do them. In other words, we esteem the Word. We esteem His ways. We esteem His order, uh, even his, his rank structure. We esteem what He's doing. We esteem preaching. We esteem uh, the gathering together. We esteem other people made in His image, whether you like them or not. They're made in his image. <laughs> you know, we esteem God however he's moving or showing up. Well, one of those ways is we esteem when we have a service that God has ordained, which he's given us a schedule here at Boomerang, and we esteem that. All of a sudden, what happens when you marry a will of God and an esteem from a believer? You produce life. But so many times we'll walk in, and, and man, I've done it too, walk in and, and uh, it'd just be like, I'll just get this service over with. I don't even know why I'm here. I don't feel like being here. And all of a sudden we go home and we don't feel anything different. And, but you know what? Just by showing up sometimes when you don't feel like it, even though you didn't bring proper respect and esteem in, even then God can do something with your ability to go. But if we go and we bring in honor and an esteem, all of a sudden, uh, man, things can change in our lives because you match that honor. Those who God says, those who honor me, I will honor. And so I really felt that on tonight. So the ones of you that are here, praise God for you being here. I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, this was not a night. It's like before today, I was looking forward to tonight. But then today, I was like, man, I don't even want to go myself. I mean, I, it was just the way it was. That's the way I felt. I didn't really have a message, you know. I didn't really, uh, I didn't know, you know, I, he told me tonight was going to be great. And then he, as far as I know, and this is probably my fault, but as far as I know, I have no idea what he was going to say to you. So that makes me kind of feel funny. 
But uh, I'm sitting there going, what do I want? And I, I know what he wants to say now, but I was sitting there going, what is, what is this, Lord? What are you doing? What? And I, I, all this rain and everything. Man, and, and so uh, how about this rain? I mean, I, I wore my fishing shirt because before long I'm just be able to grab one out of the air. I, and honestly, tonight we need to... We need to pray for some businesses because some businesses have, you know, suffered from all this rain. And um, we need to do that. But I pulled in tonight, and, you know, I didn't even, and I'm thinking, golly, all this rain, there's flooding everywhere and all this stuff, and I bet there's not going to hardly be anybody there. And I, I pulled in, and the parking lot was full. And I'm going to tell you, that meant something to me, and I appreciate it. Yeah, well, it... It it blessed me and um, it meant a lot to me and I needed that. That was um, I needed that from y'all and I appreciate that very much. It meant something to me and it, and I just thought you know what, uh, man, look, they're esteeming the word even in the middle of all this weather. They're esteeming what you're doing and they want to be here and even if they don't want to be here, at least they showed up, you know. <laughs> and uh, praise God, you know and. Um, that really blessed me. I mean, I had to find a parking spot back there, and um, that's that's great. And I just I really appreciate that. But I also I appreciate it not just for my sake, but I appreciate it for the Lord's sake, because I know when you do stuff like that, that God is going to meet you at that place, and when He meets you in that place, stuff happens. Big stuff happens. You know, the majority of situations that we have in our life are just simply where we have not followed in obedience to God. And this is, I'm going to give you a couple of things that we'll be going into uh, in this new year. You know, we're going to be talking, the theme of this year is going to be There's Hope. And we're going to do a series. And I want you to get excited. I want you to allow yourself to get excited on this, uh, about this series. In other words, don't just be like, oh, here's another series. I mean, I, w I want you to allow excitement to rise up in you. Purpose yourself to get expectant on the things of God, so much so that you actually are telling people about it. Because I, we really haven't been doing it that much, you know? We really haven't been telling people about the good stuff that God's doing. And part of it comes back to us. But we're going to be talking about there's hope. And, and hope rising up inside of us is huge. That's going to be our theme for the whole year. This year was Be the Light, and probably by next week or so, that will be changed, and there'll be a new one that says There's Hope. And that'll be our theme all year. All year. And you see, how does the light actually manifest? It manifests when a people will believe in the hope of God will allow the expectation to rise up. And I'm telling you right now that the hope that you allow to rise up in you, not hype, right? Not hype, but the hope of God that you grab a hold of and you hold on to, that's what's going to open up the doors in your personal lives this year. That's what's going to open up the doors in this place. That's what's going to solve your problems. That's what's going to preach to your family, your friends, your neighbors. That's what's going to preach is that hope. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing in this body right now, but I don't believe it's just in this body. I believe it's all over. I'm hearing as I'm talking to ministers all around the world, 
what they're getting is they're getting hope. Hope is rising up, and it's like the Holy Spirit's dropping hope in. We talked about it a good bit at the end of this year, but we're going to talk about it all year. Everything practically is going to be related to the hope that we need to have. You know why? Because if you don't have hope in your life, if you don't have hope being joy, confidence, and an expectation, if you don't have those three things in your life, you don't have God in that area. You don't have God in that area. You are supposed to have joy in every area of your life. How many of us have felt like it? Right. How many of us have brought confidence into every area of our life? How many of us have brought a godly, heavenly expectation into every area of our life? And yet, God tells us that that's supposed to be in our lives all the time because that is who he is. That's his character and nature. So in other words, are we, have we been, we're going to, but have we been living out the fullness of what God's had for us? No. No, we haven't. And you know what? The world can tell. And, and the majority of the body of Christ and the majority of the church, particularly in America, there's no more difference in hope between people going to church than there is uh, people in the world that don't even come close to knowing Jesus. Yeah. And why? Because generally what we've done is we've made our source the things of the world, our wisdom and our worldly knowledge instead of God. Because if we actually make God our source, we don't have any response but to be in joy, confidence, and expectation. To be in hope. But the truth is we don't have hope because we literally have relied on and rested on worldly things instead of God. Instead of heavenly things. We've been pulled down on the stuff we've been leaning on instead of being pulled up by the things of heaven, by the things of God. We've got to be, we've got to purpose ourselves to be hopeful. I mean, we ought to, you know, they ought to call all of us a bunch of rosy glass people that's always seeing things so, so hopeful. They're always smiling. And even if it goes bad, they're just always happy. What kind of people think like that? A godly people, that's who. And that kind of hope does something. That kind of hope does something in our lives. It produces something. It manifests something. And it will in yours this year. It will in yours. Amen. We're going to go into the new year and we're going to talk some just about the practical aspects of, of church and ministry. And, you know, what are we doing? You know, why are we doing it? What should we be doing? You know, what are some things that we need, we need to really be applying, Right? Uh, some some really practical things like when to talk to pastor, you know, at a service and when not to, you know, where to sit. We're going to talk about practical things. How do we, what do we do with visitors? How do we help them? Because one of the areas that has been so uh, stuck out is, man, some new people are coming here. And here here's one of the things, and I love this about Boomerang. But And I haven't seen this everywhere, but man, I love it about Boomerang, but we had to start really praying, Lord, how do we fix this? We would see new people come into this place, and if they stay, 
if new people stay, their lives change. I mean, it happened. If people come, stay, honor the word, and honor what God's doing, they get on a track, and that track is headed towards God, and their lives, I mean, it rises up to new levels, right? And how many of y'all have seen that in people? And how many of, has it been you? I mean, it's been me too. So here's the thing, though. The devil knows that. <laughs> he is well aware of that. And so he doesn't wait till they get on board before he starts trying to attack them. So new people come in, and man, he starts trying to attack them right off the bat. Yep. Right? Yeah. Well, what do we do to stop that? Well, there's some things that we've done well, and there's some things that we've done not so well. But we need to talk about, look, our, why are we here? What are we doing? You know, is it just to sit here and talk about God? I mean, it'd be better to be in heaven and be with him. What are we doing here? We're here to be ambassadors. It's our number one job. It's who we are. It's what we're doing. What are we doing about that? Your number one job is not where you work. Your number one job is, is not who you were raised to be. Your number one characteristic is not what family you came from. The defining point of your life is not your last name. It's not the people you hung out with. It's not where you went to school. The number one defining characteristic of you is a Christian. An inheritance from God the Father himself. Your number one job is not where you work. Your number one job is an ambassador of Christ. And when we figure that out and we understand that, all of a sudden what will happen is we will start moving like that instead of moving like you know the customer service representative or the business owner or the whatever else. And when we move like God wants us to move, what, we, what are we doing? We're seeking first the kingdom instead of the worldly stuff. We're keeping our eyes set on things above and not things below. And now God can move in our life like never before. But see, the world has taught us from the time we were this high, what are you going to do when you grow up? You know, our kids' answer ought to be, I'm going to be an ambassador for God. Amen. That ought to be their number one answer. Now, I may do that by being a firefighter. I may do that by owning a business. I may do that by preaching the word. But my number one thing, every believer, I'm an ambassador for God. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm doing. So what are we doing? We're not just here just to grow up ourselves so that our lives will be better. We're here to minister to people, to love on people, to help them be the ambassador that God has called them to be and for us to be the best one that we can be. So there's some practical stuff that we need to do. There's some things, you know, I, I believe that the devil attacks some of some of the new people that come in here stronger than I've ever seen them in other churches. One time, there was a, there was a pastor that uh, is a friend of mine, and he has about, when I was talking to him, it was somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 people that come to his church. And I was telling them, this was a couple of years ago, and I was telling them all the stuff that was going on, and particularly towards the new people walking in the door, and he said, my goodness, Brian, I've never heard of such stuff like that. That's, that's ridiculous. I said, well, I'm glad you feel that way. At least I feel better about myself. But, but I mean, he's, he was amazed 
at just the level of attacks. Now, why would the devil be doing that? Because he knows that if they come, stay here, commit to this place, to the ground where God has placed them, they're changing. And so he's doing everything to break that momentum and break, the, break that thing. So, in other words, we're not supposed to be ignorant to his devices. We're supposed to know the devil's devices and be wise. Our job, Jesus said, be wise as serpents. So we need to talk about that, not just let it happen to us. It's something I was thinking about as Stephen was talking earlier is, you know, we don't need to let life happen to us. We need to happen to life. Okay? We need to happen to life. That's what this thing's all about. We need to be that light. You know, darkness, if you picture it as light and darkness, it becomes even more clear. When darkness tries to come on in your life and negative thoughts and junk and people do wrong things, you don't just sit there and go, oh, look, the darkness is crowding in. Oh, my gosh. You know, you need to say, I'm shining in Jesus' name. You get back, darkness. Quit letting it happen to you. And you happen to it. That's the plan. That's the design. Isaiah 60. See, this is what happens when the Lord doesn't give me messages. He ends up moving through me. And I want you to receive that. Receive that fire. Receive that encourage. Let, me, let the Holy Spirit through me activate some stuff in you today. Let them activate who you are. Let them activate yourself as an ambassador. Let them activate yourself as a believer. Let the Holy Spirit activate some power and some fire inside of you. Some boldness to stand up and be who you're called to be. Amen. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is talking about a future church. This is talking about you as believers. In other words, this is not something that we're waiting to happen. The light has come. And let me ask you this. If the light has, if, if power's been thrown to a switch, should we be expecting that darkness is there? Or should we be expecting that the light should be on? So when the darkness tries to crowd you in and push you in, should you be accepting of that? Oh, no. Or should you be expecting something to rise up inside of you and you allow it? See, and, and, and not something rising up inside of you that you didn't have a part with. You are simply opening up the doorway of heaven through you to illuminate like Christ. He's already done it. He's already flipped the switch in heaven. The, the one who's now uh, being waited on to let the light shine is you. Yeah. Will you flip the switch of your own belief? Flip the switch of your own love? Flip the switch of your own hope to shine? I mean to shine. Arise. Shine. You see, this is a command. It's not telling you, uh, sit down and wait till I move you. That's not what it's saying. It says, you get up. Shine. Don't let life happen to you. You happen to life. Arise. Shine. 
your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. It will do it. See, here's, here's a lot of times what we, if you can imagine that this carpet up here is the dark place and the darkness and the deep darkness. You have to go in. Sometimes it's like me coming in here tonight and, and not just tonight, but it happens on a regular basis. And, and when I'm talking to people and I don't feel like cheering them up, cheer yourself up. That's why I want to say a bunch of times, <laughs> quit pulling on me. Go do it. You know what to do? Do it. Stop making excuses. That's what I want to say. I don't always say it. But look, here, here's the thing. A lot of times I don't feel like doing it. But you have to arise, shine, see the darkness. And even when you don't feel like your light is burning very bright, you know that God's word is true. And when he says his glory will appear on you, I can step in here not feeling like anything, but I know that God's word is true. And his glory will rise and shine. It's chief example of it tonight. It's about the least I felt like preaching in a long time. I mean, it just, and yet you can see how that power is flowing through. Can you feel it? Can you sense that Holy Spirit moving through and, and, and grabbing the inside of you? That's not just an emotional thing. That, that's not an emotional thing. That's the Holy Spirit. A lot of times people will confuse emotion with the moving of the Holy Spirit. They've got to learn how to tell the difference between the two. Well, that takes getting into some spiritual things and spending some time with God and spending some time with Jesus to learn the small intricacies between the Holy Spirit and their emotion. What you're feeling tonight, if you're feeling that in any way, that's not emotion. That's the Holy Spirit putting a draw on you. And so you step out into that darkness no matter what it feels like and you know that God's word is going to come, come to pass. But see, a lot of times we'll stand back at the darkness and we'll be like, I don't feel like it, so I'm just going to let somebody else get it. And nobody else gets it. Why? Because our job is not to go up to the darkness and then take an take a, um, um, assessment of what we feel like. Our job is to already know what God has done and is doing and what He's about and who you are in Him so that no matter what you feel like, you know the plan and the promise of God. And when you step in, boom, the power of heaven hits you. Something happens. And it happens because you trust Him. You know Him. This is how you solve problems. You start moving in spiritual ways. You step into it instead of just complaining about it. You step into that place and you trust the Lord. And he, he does tell us, look, behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But you've got to understand that what he does is he doesn't leave it there. Like, hey, darkness is going to be there and it's going to stink. Good luck. That is not what Jesus does. He gives us hope. Why do we not have hope? 
because we choose not to believe the stuff that he said. We got to be the kind of people that says, Lord, I see that darkness will be there. I see that persecution will come. I see that different things. You've told us. You've warned us. Thank goodness that you told us about that. I mean, if you didn't tell us about that, we might think that we're doing it all wrong because everything was supposed to go great and it didn't. So thank goodness he, like a good friend, tells us this is what's going to happen. But don't stand there in the wilderness crying over the lack of life. Be the light. Be the life by accepting the hope of his promise. And then he says this, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Nations will come and kings. In verse 5 it says, Then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of nations will come to you. See, this is more than just uh, you living a life as an ambassador. The fullness of the promise is earth itself starts to testify to the hope, to the light that's rising inside of you. Earth itself starts to testify to the glory that's poured out on you. And all of a sudden, my checkbook's full. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm healed. I'm, I'm walking in healing. And was it because you sat there and said, Oh, God, heal me? Well, not necessarily. It's because you looked at a darkness and said, I don't care how I'm going to feel. I'm going to be the ambassador. I'm going to be the light. I'm going to be, I'm going to let His glory shine. I'm going to believe Him. I'm going to trust His promises. I'm not going to trust what I see in that darkness more than I trust the character and nature of God then we're allowed to be this light. This light comes not just because, you know, he did this. It comes because we open up the doors of our heart, not just to belief and not just to thought, but to action, that we move on it. It comes because we start to put our hope in Him. We start to say, Lord, look, it looks crazy out there. It looks like, you know, a flood of darkness. But even in the midst of all of it, there's a life in you. There's a glory in you that you want to pour out, not just on me, but on this earth and on the people around me. And I can affect not just myself, but anybody that comes close. And Lord, I will, I will do my part. I will be the ambassador in my area, in my circle of influence. I will be your light. I take hope in you. I trust in you. And I move motivated and empowered by your love. Now we've got some people doing what they need to be doing. Amen. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the will of God for you, to abound in joy, to abound in confidence, to abound in expectation, to abound in hope. Amen. 
to abound in peace, to abound in believing, all joy, all peace, in believing. This is who we're supposed to be. You know, if we're really living this out, there is no darkness, no doctor's report, no, no financial report, no news that come across the headline that will affect your joy. This is the reality of that verse. There's nothing that will come through your ears or eyes or any of your senses that will knock you outside of joy. You will carry that joy. There's nothing that will knock you outside of a confidence. There's nothing that will knock you outside of an expectation. We ought to be the most expectant people that are on this earth. Amen. That's what he's called us to be. That's what his word says. And yet, in reality, in the body of Christ, on the whole, you can't tell the difference. There ought to be such a difference that it's like the difference between light and darkness. Can you see why the world is not flocking to the church? I mean, we're, we're to, I've been preaching this basically for almost a year and a half, two years to this body, and yet we're still getting revelation in what I'm saying tonight. We need to hear it. We need to hear it again. And, and we're getting, I know right now, the Holy Spirit's convicting you just like he's convicting me of, of the level of reality that we should be living out right here and yet we're still not there. This is supposed to be normal. This is supposed to be everyday believer. And here yet we've been talking about it for basically a year straight. And we're still not even close. We're still being convicted by the basics. That's challenging to my flesh and to my head right now. And I hope it's challenging to yours. But I hope it activates you and motivates you to step it up. And I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. There's nothing, nothing that can come across your plate that should be able to knock you out of that joy, expectation, and confidence. Nothing should be able to knock you out of that. I should be so expectant. I mean, if I was, if I was believing for a full house one Sunday, I mean, uh, the devil could try to send a blizzard and a flood all wrapped up in one, and I'd be here with bells on going, where are they at? We ought to be so expectant and so joyful and so confident. Yeah. And you ought to be right here with me, not just me. Yeah. Because you can't be shaken. You'll be one of those things that can't be shaken because you put your trust in God. It's who He is. It's His character. It's His nature. He is a God of hope, a God of joy, a God of confidence, a God of expectation. In Romans 5, 5, it, it shows us that when we put that kind of hope, the God kind of hope, on God's promises, this hope does not disappoint. You ever wanted to go through life and not be disappointed? You ever wanted to go into a place and, and not have anything disappoint you? You put hope in God and a heavenly, godly kind of hope in God on His things, you won't be disappointed. 
Well, how can you say that, Brian? I can say it because God said it. And every time that I have put godly hope on godly promises, I have not been disappointed. Man, he has fulfilled his love. He has fulfilled his promise. It's who he is. And we ought to know that if we will apply those things in our lives, that there's nothing, nothing the devil can throw at us that will shake us out of that position. No phone call, no person, no family member, no bad news. No doctor's report. Nothing can shake us out of that. Nothing. No call from a creditor. No, no, nothing. No feeling. Because we are walking so much in the normal of God that we are abounding with joy, confidence, and expectation. We are abounding with hope. Abounding with it. You ought to, you ought to be challenging, <laughs> challenging me on it. You ought to be so hopeful that you're challenging me on it. Like your hope is drawing me to new levels. Push yourself to that. Push yourself to that. That your hope is, it, it's, it's stretching me. The job is not for the leader to always be the one stretching, but all of us, every joint supplying, stretching each other, helping each other grow to those levels. As we go into this new year, and you go into your new year personally and in your family, I want us to not forget being the light. That's the point. Being an ambassador, being the light. But the way that we are the light is we allow hope to have its perfect work. We allow hope to rise up inside of us. We, have, we allow hope to do what it was designed to do. And that hope starts to shine. And people see that hope. They see that light. They see the glory of the Lord manifesting on you. And now they start wondering. How can I get some of that? Because I need it. I need it bad. I've always needed it. I've just looked at other people in the world and thought the way I felt was normal, but I recognize normal is where you're at now, and I need that kind of normal. I need the kind of normal that God wants to put in our lives. I need the glory that's normal to God. I need the hope that's normal to God. I need life that's normal to God. I need provision that's normal to God. I need the protection that's normal to the King of Kings. I need the restoration that He calls normal. I need the kind of place where there is no lack in anything because it's normal to God. And so when we come up, you take that message tonight and you hear it, and all of a sudden, you know, tomorrow or tonight before you get home, you know, the wall of darkness smacks you in the face and tries to bring you back to its reality. And you slam the door in its face and say, no, I'm bringing another reality to you, the light of God and the hope of God. I'm happening to you. You're not happening to me. Yeah. Amen. 
This is what the world needs. This is the solution that they're looking for. Father, right now, we just thank you for your hope. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your light and your glory, Father. Lord, let hope rise up inside of us like never before. Let your glory and your light shine like never before. Lord, right now, let us accept your call to activate the reality of yourself in us, to accept the call to activate hope, activate belief, and activate love on a whole nother level. On the level that you call normal, on a reality that is your reality, Lord. Let us not have a worldly kind of faith. Let us have a God kind of faith. A kind of faith that overflows in joy and confidence and expectation. A kind of reality that brings itself into the world and sets things straight that will not allow the world and its negative and its lack of hope to be a reality in our lives, but we will happen to it. It won't happen to us. Lord, let it be activated now. Lord, I know that it's not just an activation simply because they decided to agree with me in prayer one night, but it's a daily, by the hour and by the minute activation that says, I'm doing all of this for you, Lord. My number one job is an ambassador. So, Lord, when they hit those moments where compromise tries to, to sneak in, I first ask that they will see those things clearly, see the traps, see the deception. Let the eyes of understanding in us be enlightened to see clearly what is of you and what isn't of you and Lord let us be strengthened now with all might to not compromise your reality in any way but to live your life Father we praise you and we worship you and we thank you for the reality of your light the reality of your glory and the reality of an abounding hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.